What up, though, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Daily Upside. I'm your host, Keenan Rivals, bringing you sports cards and sports cards news every day. I've taken a little break from the market, enjoyed some New Year festivities, but I'm back and a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have changed, not only in the market, but just mentally for me. So today we're going to kind of get into that. Before we do so, I want to remind everybody, if you haven't already, please shoot me a follow on Twitter. We've been getting some buzz over there, been doing my thing. Over the last couple of days, we've got a lot of new followers. So if you're from Twitter, if you're from you know Instagram, welcome. You know, over there, I talk about NBA Top Shot. I talk about Star Stock. I talk about all things sports cards, all things sports related. So yeah, definitely shoot me a follow over there. Also, Instagram, definitely appreciate it. Been pushing out some new content, getting some new graphics, new developments. Still have to give this Prism Draft giveaway away. Going to try and tackle that today if we have enough time, maybe tomorrow's video. I still have to figure out the whole software thing, and I've been, been so busy that I haven't had a chance to get into it yet. And last but not least, if you guys have not already, check out highupsideshow.com and do me a favor, type in your email address and sign up for that newsletter. Every day I send out sports cards, picks, sports cards, plays. So if you're new to the hobby or just somebody who doesn't want to do a ton of research, I pretty much do all that for you. So yeah, definitely check that out. Getting into some NBA news today, if you go to Bleacher Report, it is all things Steph and Curry. This is like the, it says Bleacher Reports, you know, slash NBA. It's BleacherReport.com slash Stephen Curry. I mean, every single post and tweet is about Stephen Curry, and rightfully so. My man's put up 62 points yesterday uh, on 50% three-point shooting. Um, he had 18 for 19 from the free throw line. Not often do you see a three-point shooter get that many free throw attempts. And he was just absolutely on fire yesterday. I mean, I'm really bummed out because I had a pretty crazy night last night. And I, I, I really didn't stay up that late. I was exhausted. So I couldn't even watch the game. So I'm going to do my best to go back and kind of recap that one. But yeah, this is the highest single you know point game total we've had since Devin Booker um, back in 2017. Devin Booker put up 70 points and Stephen Curry put up 62 um, this is also the most points we've had on the Golden State Warriors. You know, I think Klay Thompson put up 60 points not too long ago, and Stephen Curry has passed him at 62. So it was actually funny because I think Klay Thompson tweeted him. Yep, here it is. Sheesh, Stephen Curry, welcome to the club, big bro, number 62. So, yeah, extremely happy for Stephen Curry. Um, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. There was one video, if you're watching this on YouTube, you got to check this out. Let me see where it's at. It actually might be a different post. It's a different post. It's this one right here. So this is on The Athletic. And they had this really weird uh, title. Can the Warriors Stephen Curry break the box and one? And I had no idea what that was. And I did some research. And essentially what I think it means is, can he uh, break the wall? And supposedly this is like the defense that Nick Nurse used on the Warriors once um, Clay Thompson went down during the finals two years ago. And if you look at this, it's, it's pretty much just people like just just defenders just crowding Stephen Curry. So if you look at this video, is it going to play? Yeah, it's just like a, a wall of defenders not allowing Stephen Curry to do anything. So three guys right there just closing out on him. And it really forces the other team to play. And every time they miss, if you look at this one right here, same thing. I mean, there's just three guys looking to pounce on Stephen Curry. They don't even care. Look how, look how much space Andrew Wiggins has. Like he can literally slash to the basket. He doesn't. You know, it, it's just... The, it's a it's a it's a Stephen Curry wall, and it's just incredible that he was able to score with these guys playing that level of defense. I mean, look at this one right here. Just look at look at Andrew Wiggins. 
just wide open. So, I mean, if you watch, like, again, if you're watching this on YouTube, you kind of get the point. They're, they're just not going to let Stephen Curry, you know, make any shots. And this is why it's important as investors that we actually watch basketball. You know, you look at the highlights, you look at the box scores, you look at the wins and losses, and you don't see this kind of stuff. You don't see that four guys are guarding Stephen Curry, yet you're on Twitter like, Stephen Curry's washed, he's being exposed this year. It, no, his team sucks, and, and the defense knows that. So I'm a super big on Stephen Curry, and I think a lot of people are missing out on an opportunity to invest in players like Stephen Curry, to invest in these, in, in, in the goats of basketball. You know, we're so hyped and, 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 and obsessed with these young players and the next Steph Curry that we might be missing out of a potential opportunity. It, it's similar to crypto. You know, if you're into crypto, everyone's looking for the next Bitcoin. And, you know, to everyone's shocking surprise, Bitcoin 2x before a lot of those other coins did. So I'm not saying the same thing is going to happen with Steph Curry, but you kind of get the analogy. Moving on, we saw this article about Andrew Wiggins. I don't really care about Andrew Wiggins, which caught my eye was um, the rise of Sexland. So the title of this article is Andrew Wiggins, New Wrinkle and Rise of Sexland, Early Eye-Catching NBA Trends. And again, we don't care about Andrew Wiggins, but um, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland are gaining a lot of attention. And we talked about Sexton, we talked about Darius Garland, Within my star stock reports, they're obviously a very talented backcourt. But this is the kind of things that I'm talking about, guys. We're, we're obsessed with these young guys. And this is not to bash anybody who's investing in Colin Sexton or Darius Garland. They're just not good investments. You know, they're, they're not. I mean, they're good flips. Can you make some money off them? Sure. So does that classify them as good investments? Yeah, I guess. If you would have bought Colin Sexton earlier, you know, before the season started, you're doing pretty well right now on a, on a dollar value. But I mean, really, like, do we really believe that Colin Sexton or Darius Garland are going to be these household names, these guys that we're going to really go watch basketball? I can't wait to see Darius Garland play like that. I don't think that's going to happen. And those are more of the conversations that I want to have this year. I want to talk about some real investments. The goal of this channel is to obviously, you know, make some money and help you flip. But I'm interested in like long term plays. I'm interested in like safety plays. I'm not trying to gamble. If I wanted to gamble, I go buy Bitcoin or I go buy you know, maybe that's a bad reference because Bitcoin is looking pretty solid. But I go buy, you know, some 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 super risky growth stock that could 2x in, you know, two to three months. And, and that's not what I'm looking to do in sports cards. And, you know, we look at Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. When I talk about them, I always kind of reference them as Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And if we're being honest, that's a very generous reference. Like, I don't think that they're going to be as dominant as, you know, CJ McCollum and, you know, Damian Lillard. They're They're more like, Sexland is more like Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. And we don't care about those guys today. There's going to be a lot of guards, a lot of forwards, a lot of centers that, that do really well. And we just don't care about them anymore. You know, we, we can look at the history of basketball. There's so many centers that we thought were going to be like really great centers. And then we just didn't care about them anymore. You know, Bismack Biombo is a great example of that. Um, Brandon Knight's a great example of that. Eric Bledsoe, great example. If you want to go super far back, like Eddie Jones, Grant Hill, like no one cares about these guys. And in the grand scheme of things, no one's going to care about, you know, and again, I'm using Colin Sexton as an example. Colin Sexton might go crazy. You know, I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, we, we can't be putting too much money into these guys just because we're excited about, you know, some 21 year olds at balling out for a little bit. And, you know, I, I, I think that right now there's a lot of people making some bad investments. You know, if you're. If your team, whoever your team is, if your team traded for Colin Sexton, would you be happy? 
Like if they traded your star player for Colin Sexton, unless you live like in Detroit or Charlotte or something like that, you, you, you probably don't care too much. Like if the Phoenix Suns traded Devin Booker for Colin Sexton, you wouldn't be happy. So yeah, in today's episode, we're going to talk about kind of how to identify who the next guy is going to be, you know, who are we investing in for the next five or 10 years? Those are the things that I kind of want to talk about. I kind of want to focus on this year. And yeah, we'll, we'll get into that towards the end of the episode. Before we do, I want to get into some card news. We've been talking about NBA for quite some time. Um, for those of you who don't know, when you do sign up for the newsletter, every night I send out this uh, newsletter, it's upside auctions. And what it does, it just gives you some of my favorite auctions and some price projections that I think these auctions will hit. These are the cards that I'm looking to invest in. These are the cards that if I had the money, you know, I'd be buying these cards at potentially these prices. So one of the cards that I saw yesterday that blew me away, I don't know if this is like fake or I'm not sure what's going on, but, um, you know, Giannis's Prism Silver sold for $4,434. And I just thought that was a steal. I think I had this card listed at what, 6,000 or I had this card listed at $7,500. I thought it was going to do really, really well. I couldn't believe how low it went. And it's just crazy to me that 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 these cards are are this low now. I mean, when, when I had this card, I sold it for like $17.50. So I definitely sold it pretty, pretty low. And, you know, I, I think this is still a great price point. But yeah, if you got in at these prices, I think you got a really, really solid deal. I'm not sure if this is the decline of BGS or if the honest market is overall down. So I did some research and I went into card ladder. And yeah, for the most part, what I saw was that over the last two weeks, everybody's pretty much down. Like all the big guns, all the big guys, you know, we got Luca down 10% with his prison PSA 10. You have Zion down at 20% with his prison PSA 10. And again, Giannis down about, you know, almost 10% as well with his prison PSA 10. So I thought to myself, hey, maybe prism is just not what it used to be. Maybe folks are, you know, looking for some more limited cards. So I went over to the Prism Silver and pretty much saw the same thing. Zion's Prism Silver is down 15%. Luca's down 5%. And again, this is over the last two weeks. So I was like, okay, well, if these guys are down, let's look at some lower class guys. So I went to go look at like, you know, some of the lower players, you know, Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Rui Hashimura, Kevin Herter, Dante DiVincenzo. Um, I looked at their Prism PSA 10s and all of them are up. All of them are up at least 15%. Um, Dante DiVincenzo is up 16%. Kevin Herter's Prism Silver PSA 10 is up 82%. Um, and, you know, it, it's a lot of these low-tier guys that are crushing it right now. And we see a lot of these higher-end guys not doing too well. And, you know, what I've gained from that was, like, the market's just making some quick money right now. These plays are not going to stick, guys. Don't get caught up in these traps. I'm not saying that some of these players can't excel or go up. Colin Sexton could be a $1,000 prism for all we know if he continues to put up 26 points per game. But yeah, a lot of these guys, like like the thing, we can't we can't be buying guys. We can't, we can't buy into players just because they're playing. Like, oh, Dante DiVincenzo is getting minutes now. Let's buy his cards. Kevin Hurd is getting minutes. Like that stuff works on star stock because it's more of a fantasy aspect. But there's just no reason that these players should be up to these magnitudes. Um at least on a percentage basis, some of these car prices on a dollar value aren't that terrible, but on a percentage basis, it's just like, there's just no reason that Dante DiVincenzo should be up, you know, 20% and his Prism Silver should be $220. Like well, who's paying $220 for Dante DiVincenzo? Uh, for what? You know, for him to score 14 points per game? I mean, 
I, I just don't understand. You know, if that's the case, why aren't we buying Tobias Harris? Why aren't we buying um, Julius Randle? Why aren't we buying? Why aren't we buying Eric Bledsoe? You know, I, I don't know. Like, why aren't we buying these guards or these solidified players that do the exact same thing? It, it just it just makes no sense. And what I've kind of concluded was that just like any other market, every market has their market cap. That's why I have the market cap method. Every market has a total market cap. And right now, a lot of money is being poured into these lower end guys, a lot of money. And when a lot of money is poured into one asset, it has to come out of another asset. And that's the Lucas, that's the Zions, that's the Giannis. People are looking at these lower end assets and they're jumping in. They're making some quick money. I mean, Rui Hashimura, I, I like Rui. His prison silver should not be $600. I'm sorry. I just... I, I just don't think that it should. Like, if you look at the numbers, Rehash and Morris Prism Silver is more than Jaron Jackson's. It, it just doesn't make sense, you know? And we, we got to start making sense of these things. It's really the wild, wild west. And I just want to make sure that you guys understand what's going on. Again, I'm not saying you can't jump into a Darius Garland card and make some money. But are we really buying Darius Garland's Prism Silver PSA 10 at $500? I mean, do we really think that Darius Garland... You know, it, it just doesn't it doesn't add up. Now, some of you are probably thinking like, well, how do we know who to buy? How do we know what price is too low? How do we know what price is too high? I mean, if if, if Trey Young's Prism Silver is going for thirty five hundred dollars, then Darius Garland at five hundred dollars probably seems like a bargain to a lot of people. But I just don't think that's how the markets are going to work. You know, I just don't think that that is, is, a, is a smart way to look at things. I, I understand that trend. I've played that card many, many times. Hey, if this guy's going up, then this guy's cheap. But what's going to happen is that a few years are going to pass by and you might end up getting stuck with that card. No different than, you know, if you were investing in sports cars a few years ago and you're like, man, Giannis is really high. I wonder is Austin Rivers going to be good? You know what I mean? Like, and then you just don't care about Austin Rivers anymore or you don't care about Victor Oladipo anymore or you don't care about Drew Holiday or Blake Griffin or DeMar DeRozan. I mean, the list can go on and on and on and on. Like we have to be careful and, and tread lightly with some of these guys. We're getting into, we're, we're at a point right now where like, you know, the new basketball hasn't dropped yet. So a lot of these plays are still attractive, but once a year or two kind of passes by, you start to like kind of give up on some of these guys and just realize they're bench players or they're role players and they just shouldn't be amassing these price points. So yeah, I'm interested to see what you guys think about that. But the way I look at things is, you, you want to buy a guy that everybody's going to collect. I think that's the best way to invest if you're a long-term investor. If you're here for day trading, if you're here for flipping, do your thing. Keep buying Darius Garland, keep flipping them. I'm doing it over on StarStock. It's working out really well, but you know, at some point that train's going to stop. So yeah, I, I wanted to say the way I, I kind of look at long-term investing is thinking about who's everybody going to collect five or 10 years from now. You know, I made that, that joke about Eddie, Eddie Jones and you know, people aren't collecting Eddie Jones. So Eddie Jones price points aren't high. At the end of the day, we're all here as investors, but we have to understand that this market is actually driven. It, it actually stands on collectors. Even though we're investing and prospecting and flipping, at the end of the day, we're looking to sell this to somebody who's going to collect it. No different than the art world. When you sell art, you know, you might buy, you might flip it, but that, that, that last final purchase is for somebody to collect it. That's actually what makes it worth money is the collectors. We, we might push the price up as investors, but it's the collectors and their willingness to buy at those prices that actually solidifies the price. So that's who you're looking to pick up. You're looking, you're looking to pick up the collectors. Rui Hashimura, for example, 
he might have a ton of collectors in his home country. Like there might be, you know, we still we still see uh, Yi Jin Lin cards go for an insane amount of money, or Yao Ming's, or even Jeremy Lin's to a certain extent. Um, now I know Rui's Japanese, by the way. I'm just putting it out there as an example, saying that there could be, you know, a market of collectors for him. But you know, you know, you have to think about who people are going to pick up. You know, I'm somebody who believes that people are going to be picking up Trey Young cards for a very long time. I think he's going to have a, an insane fan base. He's in Atlanta. They're building around him. He's an exciting player. Um, I don't think the same thing for Colin Sexton. I don't think there's going to be a bunch of Cleveland people rooting for Colin Sexton five years from now. You know, he'll probably not even be there. Same thing with Giannis. I think that he's going to have a amazing fan base and, and so on and so forth. And when you, when you look at this, this chart, let's find this chart. These are the kind of people we collect now. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Giannis, Stephen Curry. And if you look at their, their overall like popular cards, you can say these are like the more affordable cards, even though some of these prices are not affordable, but you know, at one point they were, um, you can kind of see a trend. Like they have low pop reports. Everything is kind of, you know, under 300. Um, you know, we got LeBron at uh, 171 for his tops Chrome refractor for PSA 10, his pop report, Jordan being the highest at 317 PSA 10. But there's a recipe for these type of players. They're all extremely talented, all MVP winners. You know, they're, they're low pop reports on their cards. These are the kind of guys that you're going to collect long term. That's the difference between Kobe Bryant and, and Eddie Jones or between um, Grant Hill and, and whoever, you know, you, you know, is Colin Sexton going to win an MVP is, is Darius Garland going to win an MVP? Like probably not, you know, I'm not going to discount anybody because who knows, but probably not. So, you know, if you're buying at these astronomical prices, be sure to like have an exit plan. Don't be too greedy, get out because I don't think that ship's going to sail for too, too long. These players are heavily collected and their price points reflect that. And they also are very accomplished players. And, and they, they just have that recipe of low pop and iconic cards. You move on to the next generation of players. You can kind of see that same pattern. We got Devin Booker. We got Nikola Jokic. We got Ben Simmons. We got Joel Embiid, Trey Young, Luka. They're all around that same pop report under 150, under, under 300. If you look at Trey Young and, and, and Luka, you can see I actually put their select silvers in there because I don't believe that we're going to be buying Prism Silver cards at these price points because they're just too widely available. Again, this is a collector's game. If, if there's 3,000 Prism Silver cards, everybody's going to have one, but only 162 collectors can have this select silver. So that those are the kind of things that I'm looking at. And, and these are the kind of players that I'm looking at. These are players that have MVP potential. Devin, you know, Ben Simmons might not be a big you know, candidate for some of you guys. Devin Booker may not be an MVP candidate for some of you guys, but Jokic is definitely up there. Joel Embiid definitely has that chance. I think Trey Young has that chance at putting up 35 and 10. And, and Luka's obviously the front runner for this year. And you, you want to have somebody that has the ability to be collected, has a low pop report, and the card kind of has some iconicness to it. That's the recipe for a great 10-year investment. Not Colin Sexton, not... Um, Darius Garland, not, you know, Miles Bridges. Those guys are great flips, great opportunity if you want to make some money. But again, I think the real way to do this is to transfer your, your wealth, you know, take some money, buy a few cards, put them in a vote and look at them in five years and say this appreciated 300%, 400%. Like that's, you want to invest, not gamble. 
one guy that I think still has potential to be a great investment is Michael Porter Jr. That screen just got bright. I know we talk about him a lot. I think that he's a total package. Right now, his Prism Silver is going for $1,000. Again, not the biggest Prism Silver fan, but I know a lot of people still kind of look at this as the gold standard. And, you know, I, I think at one point, Michael Porter Jr., he did kind of meet Trey Young. That was my selling point. If you've been watching this content for a long time, you know, my my exit plan for Michael Porter Jr. was that when he reached Trey Young prices, I was going to get out. And that's when I got out. And he's dipped significantly since then. And I think that he still has the potential to be a total package player, you know, to, to be able to score, to be able to rebound, maybe not defend, but, you know, kind of do it all on the court. And I wouldn't be surprised if if he had the the ability or the, if, if he shot back up to Trey Young price points, you know, I think that he has the potential to do so. I think he has a better chance than Colin Sexton. I think he has a better chance than Rui Hashimura, than Darius Garland. I think Michael Porter Jr. Uh, being on the West, being on that, that Denver Nuggets team, and kind of be, you know, given the green light, he was the second highest scorer on that team. I think he has the chance to blow back up. And if I was to invest in a modern guy, it would be somebody of his magnitude, I would say, especially if you're looking for somebody who hasn't popped yet. He hasn't like, you know, hit that Trey Young or that Luka status. So yeah, that's kind of it for this one, guys. Just wanted to run you through the market. Wanted to talk about Stephen Curry and his greatness and, and just show you that, you know, sometimes the best investment on a, on a long-term basis um, might be some of these, these hiring guys, you know, definitely look at, you know, this class of elite players. And, and if you're flipping, if you're, if you're trading in that manner, then that's perfectly fine, but make sure you're hedging those bets. You know, a lot of these people are buying Colin Sexton at $200 and selling them at 500 so they can go back and buy Kobe. So they can go back and buy Kevin Durant. So if you're in a position to already buy those players, a lot of them are dipping right now. A lot of the high end guys are kind of on a dip. Um, you know, we, we looking at the one year chart, but if we look at this two week chart, um, and right now might be the time to go grab some, you know, we got Giannis on a dip. We got Luca on a dip. We got Zion on a dip. I'm not saying Zion's a goat, but you know, he, he shouldn't be down if everybody else is up. So yeah, definitely let me know what you guys think about this episode. It was, it was more, it was a bit ranty. I'm just kind of bothered by some things here. We, we got to be smarter guys. And, and I hope you guys are kind of following that. Um, tomorrow I'll be back with some more upside news we're going to be getting into star stock we're going to be getting into nba top shot and i'll be able to have that giveaway locked and loaded for you guys we're going to download that software right now definitely hit me up on all social media channels definitely sign up for the newsletter i'll catch you guys in the next one happy investing